Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. For many years, Brian has been a leading expert in the real estate industry, and twice a year he films Bold Predictions. It's a webcast that is widely anticipated by the hundreds of thousands of people who tune in. And today we're sharing the audio from that recording with you guys. Now, this content isn't just for agents. If you're a consumer, it will give you insight into the realities of this industry and what it means to own a home. Real estate is such a great investment. It's a way to build wealth, add to your portfolio, and so much more. In fact, we've got a cool giveaway at the end of the broadcast. I'll be back to tell you more about that later. If you want to see the video of the broadcast, head to buffiniandcompany.com slash bold update to watch Brian live in action. In the meantime, let's listen in. The top of the morning to you. We're going to do a, a mid-year update. Once a year for the past five years, I've done a bold predictions, kind of letting people know where the market's going and so on and so forth. And we've actually been at this game a long time, helping people prepare for recessions and shortages of inventory and that kind of thing. So why are we doing a mid-year update? It certainly wasn't a goal of mine to start the year. But there has been so many changes in the real estate business. The speed of the change is so fast. The anxiety levels in the industry seem to be at an all-time high. And people who are doing extremely well still seem to be a little freaked out. And I've been doing a lot of events this year. And as I've had a chance to meet with some folks and talk to some folks, even long-term pros solid producers have more questions than ever. And so I'm going to share with you some stuff. And I've been around the real estate business for 33 years, and I never have seen this much change. And there's more change coming. And change is a word that makes everybody scared. People say the word change. And so I want you to think about it if you've ever had a baby. You know, sometimes with a baby, a change is good. Like changing a diaper is good, right? Is that right? And so, okay, we've gone from a bad situation to a better situation, right? So... Not all change is bad. Is that true? So the key component and what we're trying to do with our community at Buffini Company is to lead people through the change, help them to prosper in the midst of the change, and do well and keep their mental state of being at the same time in a good state. It's not scary, but there is a lot of changes. And there are parts of the change that in of themselves are scary because we're living in a world that's changing at high rates. We live in a world that's very amped up and extremely anxious. Everything's anxious. The discussion is anxious. It's, everything is to the highest level. Oh, this guy's like Hitler. This person's like that. And that's on the news all the time and the social media all the time. And so any type of news at all is hyped up beyond belief now. My mother used to say that a lie will get halfway around the world before the truth has its shoes on. Today, a lie will get 50 times around the world before the truth gets its shoes on. So... We have to be able to cut through the stuff. And so I'm going to share a lot of things today. When I talk about economics, I have no political horse in the race. The beauty of being Irish. So when I say things are good, ah, you're just this guy. Or if I say things aren't good, ah, you're just... That's where we are today. Because that's how people watch the news. I really don't give a rip. I came to America to make a good life for myself. We built this company to help other people enjoy the good life. When I share economic data, it's so people can take advantage of it in their business and be more professional with their customers. Make sense? For the first time ever in 23 years today, I'm going to talk about real estate companies and what a lot of real estate companies are doing. Now, when you talk about real estate companies, we've always been Switzerland. We work with all the real estate companies, and we'll continue 
to work with all the real estate companies. We don't have a horse in the race. But if I'm talking about your real estate company today, don't go, <gasps> I'm just going to share with you. Every company has an upside and a downside. I'm going to share with you some of the changes that are going on with the real estate companies so you can navigate accordingly. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to give you this update. I'm going to give you the info. It's just not, there's not a lot of accuracy out there in the marketplace because everything's so tilted. And a lot of things are, information is now more promotional than anything else. And at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you how you can actually control what you can control and win. Is that okay? Yes. So because at the end of the day, change is not that scary. If you're working your plan, you know where you're going. So I'm going to cover three things because I only cover three things because that's what realtors can remember. <laughs> so we're going to cover the state of the economy and just give you a quick update. What's going on with the state of the economy and kind of cut through all the news and the BS so you know what the state of the economy is. Second, we're going to cover the state of the industry, an industry very much in change, very much in flux. And you need to know what's going on so you can navigate. And then the third thing we're going to talk about is the state of the agent, you individually, where you're at. I was just home in Ireland, and I went down to a little market where for five years, every Saturday, my grandmother and I, I'd pick her up from the bus. She lived down the country. She'd stay with us on the weekend. And we'd go to this little market, and we'd go haggle. It's where I learned to negotiate. And we'd buy flowers from this lady named Rosie. And Rosie sold flowers on the corner there for 67 years. So I went down, and her daughter was there, and she saw me. I had actually just done a presentation, so I was in a suit. So I went down to see her. How are you doing, Rosie? And in classic Dublin accent, she goes, Look at the state of man. Look at the state of him. That's very Irish, right? Look at the state of him. So I thought, that's a great title for what I'm going to do for the podcast. So I'm going to cover the state of the economy. You know what I mean, Louis? <laughs> and so... I always start with Lawrence Yoon. Lawrence Yoon is kind of, to me, he's the gold standard, the NAR chief economist. He's always going to be at NAR. He's not an appointee. He's a brilliant guy. He's a great researcher. He's got some great stuff. And in all dynamics of looking at the economy as it pertains to real estate, there's four things. There's jobs, there's interest rates, there's population, and there's consumer confidence. Those four things only ever will be the main indicators, okay? Jobs, interest rates, population, and consumer confidence. Those are the four pillars of how the economy affects real estate. Does that make sense? If people are not working, that's not good for real estate. If people are making a lot of money, that has an impact on real estate, and so on and so forth. So let's go through those four things. Fair enough? So U.S. jobless claims are at the lowest rate. In Next week, it'll be exactly 50 years. So it's been 50 years since the percentage of so few people were actually filing for unemployment. The unemployment rate is 3.6%. Let me give you context on that. Full employment for an economy is just under 6%. So when you have 3.6%, you have everybody who wants a job has a job and then some. Now some people have two jobs. Okay, we know the economic forces and those kinds of things. But the bottom line is we have a very robust amount of people working and an awful lot of people who want to work are working. Does that make sense? Is that good for the economy? Yes. Right. And it also creates a certain type of dynamic in real estate. Make sense? The next thing was interest rates. Now, interest rates, I've been pretty good at projecting the future. There's a few things that came up this year with trade wars and this and that and the other that have created some dynamics in the interest rates. And so last year's interest rate, 30-year fix, was 4.54%. And I'd say most people felt like that was going to rise and notch up a little bit. Uh, right now, the average is 
That just came down. And it's coming down again. The Fed just recently stood pat on the rates, which I think is a good thing. But I would say this. Wall Street is pretty confident there's another rate cut coming. Very small, very marginal. At these kind of rates, when you're talking 4%, there's really not a lot of money to be made for a bank or a lending institution. They're almost re-lending the money out at zero and coming back at a couple percent. Very, very low. But the bottom line is, so you have a lot of employment and you have very, very low interest rates. So is that good or bad for real estate? It's good for demand, that's for sure. It's good for demand, okay? The third element is population, right? So why, right? I mean, you always go back to basic economics, supply and demand. Anybody remember that from their school days? The one thing you remembered, right? I took four years of economics. It's the only thing I remembered, right? The elasticity of demand. My teacher would be so proud. Bottom line is, if you have people, you need food, shelter, clothing. Okay? Those three never changes. A thousand years from now, food, shelter, clothing, nothing ever changes with that. So when you have a lot of bodies, those bodies got to be somewhere. They got to be under a roof somewhere. Does that make sense? And I have a feeling, like I like a little showmanship on occasion. I have a feeling you're going to be surprised by this statistic. Okay? So how are we doing on the population side, right? So in the year 2000, U.S. population was 282 million. Okay? So 18 years later, that number rose to 327 million. That's 45 million person increase in the last 18 years. Now, what's wild about that is families across the board are having less children. I mean, I have a standard-sized family with six children. Everyone else is underperforming at a radical rate. But I've been dealing with low producers my whole life. So our training program on that, the pathway to pregnancy, that'll be coming out in 2022. Beverly will be guests appearing on that one. Bottom line is we have a lot of people. We have a lot of people. And when you have a lot of people, those folks got to sleep somewhere. And so that's why we're seeing increased demand. That's why we're seeing increased rents. That's why we're seeing increased pressure in the marketplace. How are we doing on the construction side of things? Not good. Not good. Single family construction, for example, is 4% less than last year already. We're just seeing initiatives where companies like Google and Apple are actually now making huge commitments. Microsoft is committing a billion dollars to build housing. Google's going to build housing because it's so difficult. Now, I'm going to say this. This pressure has got to change. The restrictions on construction are still enormous. I love building. I probably like building houses and properties more than anything in life. I just love it. And I've looked at a property here that I own with a partner to build 16 single-family homes. That'd be great starter homes for people. And I'd love to hand the keys to people. I love the concrete. I love the smell of the wood. And I would do it if there was a small return. I enjoy it. Like, it's almost like a hobby to me, you follow? But with all the fees and all the restrictions and all the government stuff involved, there's no way in God's green earth I'm going to do it. Because I'm not going to lose money doing it. Does that make sense? I don't want to hand somebody a key that bad. And so I don't like the smell of the wood that much. People have to be incentivized to do it. And so that's going to have to shake itself out. And that still hasn't shaken itself out eight years into this process. So we are going to continue to have a housing shortage that is not going to change. And we are years and years and years away. So that will put a premium, by the way, on how to go and develop a listing and the skill set required to do that and the competition to get a listing is going to increase all the time. We'll be talking about that. Consumer confidence, huge deal for the economy. 
especially real estate. 53% of people believe the U.S. economy is improving. Now watch this. Optimism is highest among those who earn over 100 grand a year are those who live in more rural areas. Now why in more rural areas? Rural areas have less access to media. Less access to media is producing a more optimistic outcome. We're seeing certain backlashes now among younger people, uh, Gen Z. But the fact is, younger kids, there's a backlash coming where they're getting less connected to this stuff. And they're somewhat disconnecting from some areas of social media and some areas of regular media because they're kind of burnt out on it. For some of us, it might be good to go on a little bit of a media fast and get away from all the drama stuff that's everywhere that's impacting our minds, that's impacting our attitudes, okay? I was home in Ireland. My dad, you know, he's 87. He's not getting around like he used to. Whenever he's sitting there watching the boob tube, and I got, damn, we're going to turn this thing off. We're going to turn this thing off. You know, we're going to have some good conversations. We're going to turn that thing off. Does that make sense? Because it's just pumping it out all the time, all the time, all the time. 65% of people believe that now is a good time to buy a home. If you happen to be in a real estate business, that's a good thing. Okay, now, we know that younger folks, especially millennials, they're living at home longer. That student debt, that's another issue that's coming to the forefront more and more. People are examining the dynamics of the economy of student and college debt and the purpose of college and the process of college. And we can have a whole discussion about that someday if you'd like. But the fact of the matter is people are analyzing that. Now, the idea is not, okay, whether this works or not, okay, we're just going to pay for everybody to go. But the ultimate dynamic is, Younger people have more debt. Younger people seem to be far more committed to lifestyle. And so they're not willing to get into exorbitant amounts of debt to go and have that American dream just yet. The rates of younger folks who want to buy a home is higher than ever. Millennials want to own a home higher than any generation in history, but they're not willing to sell their soul to do it. And I like all of that. I like all of that because that stops giant recessions from happening and market crashes from happening. Does that make sense? So there's some parts of this that aren't going to change for a while. So just a little recap. Jobs, interest rates, population, consumer confidence. How are we doing on all four fronts? Very good. Oh, by the way, is that going to lead the nightly news tonight? Of course not. Of course not. But is it the truth? And it's very important. It's very important as we at Buffini Company here work with all of our members out there in the marketplace to give you the information. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Brian Buffini Real Estate Report here in a minute where we want to give you the information so you're able to educate your customers. Because you know what? Your customers know, but they're also getting beat up as well. Does that make sense? So on the economy, I'll give the last little piece here. There's a subtext here that's going on that's micro-economies that are taking place to Lawrence Yoon. And he talks about there's a steady shift taking place in relocation of people and companies into more affordable regions of the country. And so that is going on. So we're seeing New York, Illinois, New Jersey... The highest tax states are losing people. California is in a very unusual place. We're losing middle-income people, and high-net-worth people are coming. So they're coming for the sunshine. They're coming to buy oceanfront properties. Sometimes their domicile is not coming with them. So they're buying very expensive homes in California, but they're registering to live six months a year somewhere else. Does that make sense? And so we have a very unusual economy going on in California, where what we're seeing is our real estate prices are still going up. We're actually having high-income individuals move into the state, but their tax dollars are not coming with them. Okay? Stay tuned. Governor Cuomo, New York, just announced, he says, you guys want me to tax the rich? I did, and they've all left. 
and New York now has a $2.1 billion shortfall in their budget. So it's a short flight from New York to Miami, and it's a little sunnier down there, and you don't pay taxes down there. Okay? You follow? So now, all things considered, affordability is always the key. And again, Lawrence Yoon says affordability has been sliding. It's getting tougher, but it's still better than where we were in the year 2000. Okay? So it's not the end of the world. As I mentioned, we produce for all of you, our members, the Brian Buffini Real Estate Report. It's fantastic. We've created it so you can download it. It's got some fantastic resources in it. Have a little copy of it here. Here's the Canadian version, right? So we have our Canadian friends well taken care of. And so there's a lot of great info in here. You can download this stuff. There's not only the state of the market. There's, you know, mortgage stats, today's buyer, working with today's seller. Lots of cool stuff. It's also done so that you can download it, put it on your tablet. I believe in today's world, you need to be as a pro showing up and be able to give a small little education to your customers on the state of the market nationally. Does that make sense? Yes. They watch local news, and real estate is all local, but they're also watching the national picture. So that being said, let me switch gears a little bit here for you, and let me talk a little bit about the changes going on in real estate, which are, it's an unusual time, and there's just been an awful lot of pieces moved. Now again, remember, I don't have a horse in the race. I'm just kind of letting you know some things going on. So our good friend Gino Blafari, he's now taking over as uh, the CEO of Home Services America. Chris Stewart is with HSF Affiliates. Alan Dalton. Alan Dalton was the president and CEO of Realtor.com. He really got Realtor.com started. And he's now the CEO of Real Living. This has all happened just in the last six months. Nick Bailey was the CEO of Century 21. And in less than two years, he's now out. And Michael Meidler is now the president and CEO of Century 21. So a lot of little pieces are moving. Gary Keller has come back after 23 years to become the CEO of Keller Williams. A lot of people kind of, what's that all about? And I'm going to give you an opinion here today, okay? And again, no horse in the race, but I think Gary Keller's come back as CEO to take Keller Williams public. I'm pretty confident about that. One of the things they just did was they just purged their roles. So they had over 15,000 agents on the roles that really weren't agents. Kind of like the Chicago voter roles type thing. You guys know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So I'm going to talk about why I think Gary's doing that and what the real issue is in the marketplace today, okay? Whether a company's public or not doesn't really matter. It it just gives them access to capital. Another interesting fact that's going on in the marketplace is good old Zillow. And Rich Barton, who started it all, Rich Barton, who started Expedia, this is the original disruptor. He's now back after nine years. He's come back to be the CEO of Zillow. Now, one of the reasons for that, in my opinion, again, I I take all the shots from everybody, so I love it. Bring it on. (laughs) Zillow's still trying to figure out how to make a living. They are very innovative. They are very creative. They are the most capitalized company in the real estate space. They've done some cool stuff by letting consumers go look at listings and this and that and the other. Zillow's trying to figure out, still how to figure out this guy in the Old Testament who's called Prophet. They're still trying to figure that guy out, okay? (laughs) And so because of that... They're whipping around and looking at this and changing. And they're willing to do things. And there's stuff coming that they're doing. It's very innovative and somewhat disruptive. Okay? Oh, by the way, our Canadian friends are like, ha, they're not coming up here. Well, what happened up in Canada is different. Because Zillow wined and dined the real estate companies in America. And I would be asked, what do you think of Zillow? And I would share what I thought was going down. And the companies, they'd wine them and dine them. And then, boom, next thing you know, we got all the listings. Screw you guys. Well, up in Canada, you have the three REMAX companies in Royal LePage that control 66% of the market share. And Zillow's come to them and they said, no, we're not doing it. But Zillow is still coming to Canada. 
and Zillow is a very aggressive organization, and they're going to continue to push the envelope. And one of the things they're really pushing the envelope on right now is really this direct to the consumer. Okay, click here, buy a house. All right, skip the hassle, sell to Zillow. And so they were the first guys that Zillow offers, which terrorizes people and terrorizes real estate agents, even though it's a tiny percentage of the market. And so one of the things I want to address right now that you're going to hear a ton of, and you're going to hear around the clock, is a thing called iBuyer, where basically direct offers to homes, okay? I'll show you a list. Here's the number of companies in the space. Open Door is probably the biggest player in the place. OfferPad, Redfin. Redfin has a fantastic platform, and they have an iBuyer program. Keller Williams is launching its own iBuyer program, which a lot of their agents are really freaked out about. Perch is a brand new company. They haven't done anything yet. I think there's eight guys around a card table, but they got $220 million from somebody. And so people are throwing money at this. And you're going to hear this, I buyer, I buyer, I buyer, I buyer. You're going to hear it. It's a big drum. It's a big bang. It's the future real estate, da, 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 da. Okay, let me just give you a little definition. This is the one that's freaking people out. And so I want to kind of help people with this. All right, just kind of calm down, calm down. All right. So here's what the definition of an iBuyer is. These are companies that use technology, sight unseen, to make an instant offer on your home. Which, by the way, like when Hurricane Katrina happens, that would be fantastic if your house is under 11 feet of water, that they would make a sight unseen offer on your house. That'd be brilliant, right? So there's just certain dynamics to this. And this will work in certain markets more than other markets, okay? And this will work in certain time frames. When the market's going like this, this has a certain deal. The margins on these iBuyer companies are extraordinarily small. What it allows companies to do is acquire assets and almost function in part like a REIT. I know we're getting a little technical here, but it's actually owning real estate. Watch this. Nationally in 2018, iBuyers accounted for 25,000 transactions. Time out. Let me explain that to you. They bought 15,000 homes, and of those 15,000, they resold 10,000 of them. Two-tenths of 1% of the market share. Let me try to say that again. Two-tenths, right? Like a small camping site. Two-tenths, all right? (laughs) Very small. So here's what I'd say to you. Don't spaz over this. You're going to hear more and more of this all the time. Uh, By the way, this is nothing new. I've been around real estate for 33 years. I have seen almost nothing new in 33 years. What we see is technological applications of things. Now, here's the one thing I'll tell you in 33 years of real estate that is new. And this is the one thing that I've adjusted our corporate strategy at Buffini Company as it relates to the future and how we're going to help our customers navigate. The single biggest change... I have seen in 33 years in real estate is the amount of investment capital that is now in real estate. Real estate has always been, here's the companies, they had agents and brokerages, here were the margins, here were the commissions. Based on that, here's what companies were worth. Does that make sense? And so based on those valuations, here was kind of the platform and here's how much investment from Wall Street there was in the real estate. That is no longer the case. So I shared this at the end of last year. I just want to go back to it in our bold predictions, was that in 2010, venture cap in real estate tech was $30 million worldwide. And in seven years, it had grown to $12 billion, with a B. And so the impact of capital changes a lot of things. And so people are willing to take wild horse runs at goofy technology on occasion, just to see what happens. There's companies that have what's called moonshot funds, some of them up to a billion dollars. And they're just like, kind of go into the casino, put it all on black, boom, let's have a go. Because some of those moonshots pay off once in a while. The reason why capital is in, and you're going to see things now, but this is very important. I'm going to show you some stats here, and you're going to think, that's stupid. 
That's dumb. Like, that's just dumb. Like, we laugh at those people, that's dumb. Because on the top line, it'll look like that. When you're looking from a standpoint of income, less expense equals profit. But understand this, that people with billions of dollars are rarely dumb. Not always smart, but rarely dumb. And so we have to understand what's going on. Capital changes everything. So I want to show you this. Here is traditional real estate as we all know it. Here's the impact of capital. So here's Realogy's brands. Caldwell Banker, Century 21, ERA, Sotheby, Zip Realty, Better Homes and Gardens, NRT, even Barbara Corcoran's real estate company. That's all under the Realogy brand. That's kind of traditional real estate. Would you guys agree? So I want to show you what the impact of capital is. So last year, all of these companies combined under one umbrella made a profit of $137 million. Okay? So they turned a profit. Their valuation in the market, tried and true brands, gold standard brands, at just $846 million. You with me? Here's Redfin. Redfin started in 2006 as a 1% real estate company. And again, that's a marketing piece for them. They have a fantastic technology platform. And it is fantastic. Last year, they lost $42 million. And their valuation and their market capitalization is $1.7 billion. So here's Realogy with all these tried and true brands, been around for a long time, making profit for a long time, made a decent profit last year, valued at $846 million. And here's Redfin, lost $42 million last year, and they're valued at $1.7 billion. Now, I can't run Buffini Company like that. Okay? I can't run Buffini. I, you know, I got the $42 million loss. Okay? That means grandbabies are getting smaller diapers. That's what that means. Okay? <laughs> so understand, that's the impact of capital. And that's the capitalization of these companies, and it's the capital they have access to to work with, whether it's debt or cash they can infuse into the marketplace behind projects and initiatives. Are you guys with me? And so it's powerful. By the way, my Canadian friends, guess what? Redfin's come up your way too, and they've gone to Toronto and Vancouver. Obviously chasing after Kawhi Leonard like the rest of us, okay? (laughs) So now I'm going to show you the impact of companies' valuation. And again, in the past, you're sitting here as a real estate agent. What the hell do I care about this stuff? You better care about this stuff. Because this is the tectonic plates that currently govern our world in real estate and the businesses we have. So now I'm going to show you the impact of these valuations, okay? This is a recent report that just came out. Here's Zillow, as you can see. Zillow's out there, almost $7 billion in valuation, okay? And you see all the different companies. Now, you'll see number two there is Compass. And Compass has a lot of buzz right now. You're probably hearing about Compass all the time. People coming up to me, oh, should I take stock and move? And I don't have a horse in the race. I don't know if you should or you shouldn't. I'm just going to show you the impact of capital and where it comes from, okay? So what we have to understand is that capital means I have access to cash to run up the hill on certain projects. Does that make sense? And so the different companies. Now, I'm going to show you how this works in regards to valuations. Last year, Compass did 35,000 real estate transactions. And they're valued at $4.4 billion because they're packaged and presented as a technology company. By contrast, Remax did over 40 times that production. Okay, at 1.57 million transactions. So 44 times, I think, somewhere around there. Their valuation is $946 million. Common sense says, what's that all about? The market is looking for technology, the market is looking for scale, and the market is looking for things that they can invest in to disrupt or take hold of the real estate industry. Does that make sense? And so that's why all these conversations are about. If somebody comes to you and says, should I be at Remax or Realogy or Compass? I have no idea what the right answer is for you. 
I'd say a place where you enjoy the people you're with, the broker in the office, the environment to actually help you prosper and grow your own business, that's the best decision. But don't make decisions based on somebody's market share or market capitalization and trying to get you into the stock business and this and that and the other and whatever else. That, I would say, is bad advice. That's why Gary Keller came out and said this. We are a technology company. Number one, it means we build a technology. Number two, it means we hire the technologists. We are not a real estate company anymore. And he took a lot of flack for it when he said it. And I went, I know what he's doing. He's packaging himself as a technology company. Why? Because I'd rather get valued like Compass than I would Realogy. Are you guys with me? And so that's what this is all about. And all that conversation gets put out in tweets and little bits of information. And what it does is it creates confusion and it creates context for agents that puts them in a bad spot. Are you guys with me? It makes people more anxious, makes people more nervous. We need to understand that capital is in real estate and it's never going away. We need to understand that we're going to continually navigate through real estate through the eyes of what capital does. Compass can afford to make decisions in acquiring real estate companies that someone who was just buying a real estate company for profit absolutely cannot deal with. Does that make sense? Because of their valuation and because their access to capital. Now, at some point in time, all of this stuff, all the chickens have to come home to roost at some point in time because when you're talking about stocks, eventually you have to show profit. Eventually, you got to make money. And Amazon, unfortunately, led the world because they lost money for years and years and years and years and years and years. And then when they showed up, they made all the money in the world. In a lot of ways, the stock market works that way. So I know for some of you, they go, what does this really impact? I'm going to share how it impacts you in a minute. So I'm going to dive right into the state of the agent. And I'm going to share with you what's going down. What's going down right now? Here's the first one. Increased commission pressure. There is and there will continue to be increased commission pressure. That's actually one of the functions of all this capital in the marketplace. So many people are trying to get into the game. Okay? A company came out a couple of years ago, and I don't mind saying this. This is just my opinion. Okay? A company like Purple Bricks came out. And they came out, and their ads were all about thrashing real estate agents. You paid too much. Your agent's a loser. This and that and the other. And then their, oh, by the way, was, come to us and we'll help you find a realtor. So when you run ads that say realtors suck, but we're going to find you a realtor, I think you suck. Okay? And they're not doing so hot. So there's going to be a continued increase in real estate membership. Just so you know right now, right now, in the history of the National Association of Realtors, right as we speak, is the highest membership in history. There are more people with a license to kill than ever before. And a lot of them have a license, and unfortunately... And, and by the way, the National Association of Realtors is aware of this, and even though they get paid dues, they know it's not altogether a fantastic situation. And so who knows? Maybe at some point in time we'll have a, a different entry point. Who knows? Maybe that could happen, maybe it won't. The entry and growth of low-cost brokerage models are driving gross margins to new lows. The biggest tactical change we're going to see in real estate in the next three to five years is this. Currently, there's approximately 80,000 brokerages. My best guess is within three to five years, there'll be between 10 to 15,000 brokerages. This is where the big change is coming to us on a day-to-day basis as agents. And for all of you brokers out there who are watching us, understand this. Listen, we at Buffini Company, we love you. We're here to help you. And I have not said this for a while, but we actually have a game plan to help you win. I actually couldn't say that a year ago, because a year ago, I didn't know how to help a broker make profit. Even though we have a number of brokers who are very successful and are doing well, but I feel very comfortable that we can help brokers make money. But 
very few people in the brokerage business right now are making money. I believe it's somewhere around the 90% of brokerages are losing money or at margins that are 1% to 2%, which means it's just not. The juice is not worth the squeeze. And so this new pressure, this new capitalization, so on and so forth, you're going to see mass consolidation. You're going to see a reconfiguration in the brokerage model. Okay? The next piece to this puzzle is the growth and the size of teams. I believe within the next 18 months, one out of every three realtors will be a part of a team. And we're going to talk about that in future dynamics. We have great resources being built as we speak for teams at Buffini Company to help team leaders do better and ultimately to train the team members that team leaders don't have the time, energy, or effort to do. But the growth of teams is ultimately supplanted, in many cases, the dynamics of brokerages. And so brokers have always struggled with having teams. Some companies have done a better job with it than others. But the sheer growth of teams is also adding to the immense defanging and decentralization of the real estate business as it pertains to the original brokerage model. Does this make sense? Well, I'm excited to let brokers know we can help you. If you're not with us at Buffini Company, you're not in a membership or in our training, and you own a brokerage, I would encourage you, if you want to stay in the brokerage, to give us a call, okay? Because we have some stuff we can solve it for you, okay? But it's a bit of a plan and a bit of a process, but ultimately you'll be sitting pretty. It's kind of scary stuff. Would you guys agree? I mean, I don't like the idea of that. I love seeing local real estate offices. And I hate the idea that you might see 80,000 turn into 15,000. I agonized over whether I would say that to people here today. But I, I want to share with people the truth. I don't like the idea of that. But again, sometimes uh, good things can come out of this. All right? And it's also very important as I switch to the state of the agent that agents understand that they should be with a good broker who has a good model and he or she is making money. And you as an agent should be interested in whether your broker's making money. And most agents, were really not that interested in whether the broker's making money or not. You should be. Now, you should be interested that they're making money and that that model is fair to you too, okay? So it's not socialism, oh, you have a bad model, I'm going to bail you out. That's not how this works. So let me give you the tip, right? Are you guys ready for the encouraging part of this story, right? Everybody's dead, everybody's died, you know, everyone's in prison. Where do we get to Zewantaneo on the beach? Okay, I always finish with a happy ending, don't I? I had a little bit of death along the way, but here we go. Number one, here's the best advice. If I was never to speak to a real estate agent again, I'd say it's time to be extraordinary. It's time to be extraordinary. Never have I seen so many unskilled people in real estate as I have right now. Never have I seen weaker skill sets. I just did a podcast interview with a gentleman by the name of Chris Voss. And Chris Voss wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. He was the lead international hostage negotiator for the FBI. His book has never split the difference because he would say, you have four hostages you say you're going to kill. Splitting the differences means I get two and you kill two. So here's a superb negotiator. And we had a great time together on the podcast. I hope you listen and check that out. But there's an example where negotiation is the most important skill for a realtor and it is by far the worst practice skill I see in the marketplace. It's time to be a pro if you're a realtor. If you want to be good, you better get good. Okay. Here's today's consumer. Today's consumer, they're more educated than ever before. You guys agree with that? They're more sophisticated. They're more technologically advanced. They're more diligent in their preparation and research. They're more cautious. Now, here's the big one. Because all this right here, all these demographics, this all says they don't need realtors anymore. They just use technology. Right now is the highest percentage of real estate agent usage in the history of real estate. Why is that? is because with all of this education and so on and so forth, they're more anxious than ever before. 
buyers are more anxious than ever before. They need a trusted advisor. They need a pro. A skilled pro. Someone who knows what they're doing and knows how to do it. Not somebody with a license. Not somebody who's just hoping the deal, just get it closed. Close my eyes and hope it happens. Recently, we had Andy Andrews at one of our events, and he said this great quote, so I'm going to quote Andy at our event. He said, advertising is the price you pay for not being extraordinary. True? It's time to be what? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Not good, not just show up. If this is your passion, if you love real estate, then get in the game. Get in the game. Work on your craft. Become a pro. Don't just show up. Work on your craft. Here's the second thing. Focus on relationships. Everything tech, 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 tech. So all these tech conferences in the last six months, it's been hilarious. And I get my phone blows up, but I get all these emails. Here's these tech conference this, tech giant that, tech this. And all these panels and everybody all the time says what? It's all about relationships. The guy's selling the technology. goes, it's all about relationships. Oh, you better be good at the relationships. We have the best tech, the best tech. It's all about relationships. We're working on end-to-end solutions. It's all about relationships. We have online lead generation. It's all about relationships. We have the best platform. We're valued at a Brazilian dollars. <laughs> but you better have some relationships. It takes skills to have relationships. And then people go, ah, yeah, but the young people today, they're just, they're all tech. They don't pay for anything. They don't value anything. Well, grumpy drawers, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to show you some stats that say the younger people are more loyal to great customer service and great service than any generation in history. <gasps> including the greatest generation. Including the vaunted baby boomers. Boomers, if they get great customer service, they'll stay loyal to it 62% of the time. Gen Z, these are the young folks. They're still in high school, most of them. They're 65%. Gen X, that's kind of my era, 68%. We're making a strong move. Millennials, you know that much maligned, tight jean-wearing, coffee-sucking, man-bun-wearing generation? Okay? Two hours on a craft beer, one hour to decide where they're going to live for the rest of their life. 78% of them, when they get great service, are loyal to that customer and that brand, that service. Does that make sense? They will stay loyal more than anybody else. Look, the pressure's on the commissions. The pressure's on the brokerages. The technology's coming. Look, as an agent, we have freaked out. Oh, they found the house themselves. They're supposed to. Realtors feel the need to cut their commission because someone said, I found the house myself. You're going to find the house yourself. That's a tiny part of my job. My job is to put you in through this process, make it as painless as possible, negotiate the multiple negotiations that are from the very day we start all the way through the end and get you in a process where all the details are handled and the thousands of things that have to be done and the checklists that have to be done and the 30 things that can go wrong on a transaction that you won't even know about because I'm staying awake at night. Just like Gotham City, Batman's up on the wall. You sleep well, Gotham. Okay, we're going to get you into your home. People are anxious, people are nervous, people need a pro. They need a skill pro, not just somebody with a license. Is that true? You have to learn, you have to be a pro, you have to work on your skills. So what is that all about? You've got to be better with the fundamentals. Oh, there he goes. Oh, grumpy drawers, he's always coming back to it, isn't he? Why? Why do I say that? Because I have 33 years of expertise in this subject. That a poor immigrant became a multimillionaire. That built a company that's churned out millionaires. That has an average volume as a base. You want to talk to all those companies? 
We're the most productive of all of them with our network. All of them. The most successful agents in North America are working our system. Peaks and valleys in income. You're having peaks and valleys in your income. This is why. Not master the fundamentals. Warren Buffett recently said this about real estate. The solution for productivity is training, systems, and motivation. Training, systems, and motivation. Oh, by the way, Warren Buffett owns an awful lot of real estate companies. Are you guys with me? He's not a talking head. He's put his money where his mouth is. So where are we at in real estate? You ready? Big deep breath. A couple of minutes left. Here's where we are. Here's where the average sales agent... We just had an increase in revenue. We just came out with a new NAR report. So the average sales agent in gross revenue is now $31,900. Nice. Little bump. Average Buffini Company Coach member, three fifty-eight. I want to explain this to you, and I want to explain... I had a conversation with an investment guy the other day, and I wanted to let him know why I still got out of bed in the morning. And why I still get out of bed in the morning is because I have a heart for the people at 31.9. Because I know the pain of that. 31.9, you know what it works out to be if you work 40 hours a week? 16 bucks an hour before expenses. You know what it works out to be after expenses? 10 bucks an hour. The exact same average rate as anyone who works at McDonald's. Working at McDonald's is a fantastic place to start. It's not a great place to be for a 54-year-old which is the average age of a real estate agent. And the other thing about McDonald's, those kids get paid every two weeks, and they get benefits. This is the most important profession in the most important industry in the world. It's the largest, most important segment of the U.S. economy, and the people who make it happen, essentially the most important workers in America, making McDonald's wage. Now, obviously those numbers are skewed because there's a bunch of people doing nothing. Does that make sense? And there's a bunch of people who have a license who aren't doing anything. So the number's skewed. But the fact of the matter is, I want it to be skewed in the right way. And that's what we dedicate ourselves to at Buffini Company, is turning this around. Here's the key. You ready? Here's the magic. Here's the secret. The secret. You've got to practice and learn how to do it right. If you're making 31 grand a year gross commissions before expenses, you're not doing it right. Now, you might be brand new on it. That's okay. But you're not doing it right. And there's a way to do it right. And we tell people how to do it right. We have a process called the pathway to what? Not mediocrity, the pathway to, to mastery. And we have three levels in this. We have this essentials course. Being developed right now is the advanced course and ultimately this mastery course. Now, for all of our members watching, some of you are like, I got this down. I, tell me when the advanced and mastery comes in. Nobody will take the advanced course who hasn't taken the essentials course. Because I'm not interested in setting anyone up for failure. The greatest performers in the world are those who have mastered the fundamentals so they can go on to the next level. And then when they get to the next level, they find a way to dive back into the fundamentals. Does that make sense? I came up with a little thing the other day in writing a personal note, and I was tickled pink. And I have written hundreds of thousands of personal notes in my career. I was literally like chuffed with myself driving home. And I've been staring at hundreds of thousands of these things for 30 years. Keep working on the fundamentals. Keep working on the fundamentals. For those of you who are new, this is the most successful training program we've ever launched. Almost 8,000 people have taken this program in the first half of the year. It's been our most successful launch because it's very much about the modern world we live in that bringing the fundamentals to light. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk about working with today's buyer. So a whole bunch of dynamics on working with these millennial buyers and so on and so forth. How to sell a seller in today's world. The seven essentials of negotiation. So you never have to split the difference. And then ultimately how to manage your own time, your own energy, and your own money as a professional. 
And so we have built these programs where we invest millions of dollars into them. We deliver them through brokerages and mentors because we want everyone to participate in it. And for pennies. 395 bucks for someone who's starting out, 295 bucks for a member. I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to share with you I have two things. Whenever you do a little pop-by, when you have a greet people, you should bring a little gift, right? Have you learned that yet? So if for those of you who are not yet members, you just haven't seen the light yet, we've got a gift to help shed the light for you. We're going to give you this market update. You can download this, put it on your iPad, put it on your research, learn it yourself, be a pro, communicate and connect, okay? And so you can go to buffiniandcompany.com slash bold giveaway 19. All right, I'll give you a couple last little things as I recap here a little bit, and then I've got a neat little story to tell you. What can you expect going forward? Real estate companies are going to remain in flux. You're going to see a lot of changes continually in leadership, what's going on, how it's going on. This is going to be the norm going forward. Huge amounts of capital will affect the industry. I'll keep updating you and let you know. You'll be ahead of the game. But there's giant money in the game. Big boy, big girl money in the game. Significant reduction in brokerages. Increased commission pressure. What does that mean? Don't get blown up by that. So guess what? If you make a good living selling 18 homes a year, you might have to sell 21. Okay? It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Here's my biggest bold prediction. Highly skilled, relationship-focused pros will make a fortune in the future. Do you guys agree with that? Highly skilled, relationship-focused pros will make a fortune in the future. We have an economy that's in a good state. We have an industry that's in a changing state. And we have an agent environment that we can control our state. And I want to finish with this, because this is what gets me out of bed. I think this is why many of you here are involved at Buffini Company. I want to tell you a story of, about one of our clients. Her name is uh, Janelle Schmittling, and she is from Shiloh, Illinois. Married, couple of kids, gets in the biz, does what people do, right? She's grinding along. In 2014, she did $2.5 million in transactions, okay? Not doing good, thinking of quitting. She couldn't sleep one night, gets on the computer, and she uses the Google, as they say at home. She uses the Google. And she Googled the Feening Company and real estate coaching. And she looked at it, and this was great, and I'm interested in that, but I can't afford it. What should I do? Da, 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 da. And then she saw a video. Now, this is what I love. I love this. She watches a video of a guy by the name of Ben Andrews, which many of you have seen, of a guy that was struggling, had to borrow a couple hundred bucks from his mom to go take training, and got in the training, got some transactions going, ultimately changed his whole life around. So this is beautiful stuff. So she is now an inspirational story after watching an inspirational story. Are you guys with me? It doesn't get any better in work for me than this. So she takes the training, takes it a couple times, gets the ball rolling, right? So she starts off two and a half million, and she goes from two and a half million to six and a quarter. That's a real nice jump, right? From 15 deals to 37 deals, right? She's in a low price, average sales price area. She's going along. Gets into coaching now. Now she does the coaching and does the training. She's done the training every year. Okay? Because I want to be a pro. Next year, 11 million. 65 transactions. Next year, 11.8 million. 71 transactions. That's a great year because that's a year in coaching. We know we're helping her put our systems in place. Is that true? It's great. It's not always about doing this. That's a great example of what coach. Big jump, plateau, put systems in place. Last year, 17.8 million, 111 transactions. That's a gal who was lying awake at night a couple of years ago, who was in a common state for the common industry. She made a commitment. First of all, she made a commitment to herself. She bet on herself. She invested in herself. She got after it. 
And now here we are. She was inspired by an inspirational story, and we'll be making her story here pretty soon. And someone, here's what's going to happen. Sometime out in the future, some agent's going to have a sleepless night. He's going to use the Google, <laughs> put in real estate coaching, and they're going to see Janelle Schmidtling's story. And she's going to inspire people the way Ben Andrews did, the way the next one will, the way the next one will, and the way the next one will. And that's why, here's what I can tell you. Those stories are still going to happen in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. And here's my challenge to everyone watching here today. Why wouldn't that story be yours? Why wouldn't we be telling your story next? The market's good. The economy is good. You're good. But it's time to be extraordinary. And nobody gets extraordinary by themselves or without some help or without the commitment to becoming a pro. So it's time to get in the game. A little update on what's going on in the marketplace. A little scary? A little good? A lot good? Can people affect their future? And that's what we're all about. So I hope this has been helpful for you. We'll see you at a live event soon. Come and get involved in the Pathway to Mastery or coaching programs. We'll see you next time. God bless. There was a lot to digest there. So good to hear Brian bring that level of detail and also overview the real estate industry for us. I got an education and I hope you guys did too. As a special bonus for our podcast listeners, we've created a cool infographic outlining the benefits of home ownership. To download yours, visit thebrianbuffinishow.com and check the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. And as usual, let's hear from Therese Buffini to sign us off this week. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>